going on you already know when the hog go my creators yes my creators i am behaving i actually have the headsets on <laughs> it's it's been happening the last couple of episodes remo's been behaving but nonetheless there's another edition of cuts my creatives you know what the cuts stand for culture urban technology and sports now my creators you know what this is with this platform we bring you the heavy hitters the needle movers that i know personally in this industry and as well as in life um nonetheless this man to my left to your right Woo! Mm-hmm. Man, the way, where does it start? Well, I know his crew, if I'm not mistaken, most hated. Am I yes, correct yes, on that? Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> and Fact Mob, shout out to the Fact Mob, you know what I'm saying? We, we, we collabed on many parties. Not promoting, but ventured out and we see each other like, yo, and just right, right, mob right. up gang on some Harlem shit, you know what I'm saying? Zip code, oh God, glass house, oh, spirit, uh, so many, wow. so many. <laughs> yeah, you see, it feel old. No, 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 Listen, we around the same AARP. End of the day, I have witnessed this man right here extremely set blaze on the fashion, entrepreneurial, and business. Not just in Harlem, just in the world. Period. Also, too. I am speaking. He, he is a multi-award winner of many things, but I witnessed in front of my face right. a few years ago. I think it was 2018. He was at Slate. They had the Fashion 500 Award, and oh I witnessed you get that. God, Yo, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Beautiful event. The funny thing, I'm I'm like probably one of the few people in a hoodie and jeans as I came back from Philly <laughs> working a filming assignment, and the people I was filming for, I was like, look, you gotta let them know, I'm in I'm in, I'm in a hoodie and jeans. I'm right. coming come from I'm Philly. So underdressed. Yeah, I'm super underdressed. <laughs> <laughs> yo, they gotta but, bring Fashion 500 back. Yo, word. No, Shout super out to the Block Association. Yes, man. they have to. Please bring Fashion Should 500, 500 back. back. Yes. Yeah. Hey, shit. But end all be all. I'm gotta continue with this startup because it's just this connection here. What we're gonna take you on hmm. today in this episode is gonna be epic. Nonetheless. I got Kells Mania. Yes, yes. Kells Barnett. Yes, sir. In the motherfucking building. First and foremost, sir. Right, right. <laughs> right, 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 Beloved. right. Beloved, what's good, son? Right. What's good, God? Living, man. Beautiful, you. blessed, humble. Um, sometimes you have unhumble moments, but I'm still humble. Of course. Um, living life, man. Loving it. First Shout out to my man AP. That's one my, my man AP yes. has one of the best sayings in the world. Um, living life and loving it. And it's right. a real thing, man. Like you right. just you living got life it. and loving it. Shout out like, to AP, man. I see AP in a minute, man. Even if you're not living life and loving it, you gotta you gotta live life. And you're gonna have to love what you're living. Of course. But here's the thing though, right? And and touching on that, that's what this COVID really made me realize, mm. right? I'm not saying I, that wasn't always my mantra, but it was such a needed reset because right. the status quo was killed. Right. Right? Because everybody was stopping. Right. Billionaires, millionaires, thousandaires. Yo, it was the first time everybody in the world was doing the exact same thing. It was kind of, it's kind of scary when you think about it that way. Right. That for, for a, let's say a solid year, let's just put a, a time to it. For a year, you were able to text someone what you're doing. Or let's put it six months. And everyone was doing the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Yo, 42nd was deserted. <laughs> Manhattan, downtown, Battery, Battery State Park was deserted. Dirty. That was like, I am legend. Like, right. it was crazy. You were able to walk from Harlem down to 42nd Street and not see one car. Exactly. That was crazy. Exactly. But it... To, to creatives, you know, you, you, you know, this is a show for Woo! creatives. I loved it. Oh, what? Creatives was in the house doing all kind of shit. Word. It was the first time that entrepreneurs and creatives had to sit down and reconfigure, decompress, um, just 
reset their mind mm-hmm. because an entrepreneur you're just continuously going right i actually loved it and mind you this comes from someone that has multiple brick and mortar businesses that depended on people being That's outside an understatement sir but <laughs> at the same time it allowed all of us to reset right. and to put things in order I've I've reorganized my 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 photo albums. I reorganized my house. I did shit in my house that I didn't even think I would be doing. I learned how to make furniture. Not learn, but I started making furniture during the COVID. Wow! Like I did art. I did all kind of shit that I wouldn't have never had That's an opportunity for. to do in the regular operating world. Right. So it's like now that we quote unquote back to normal. It's weird because I enjoyed that slow process during COVID. But I could understand the panic. And I was panicked. We always panic of course. as entrepreneurs. But I think it just gave us a time of like, yo, this shit is real. I got to figure this out. And let me just reset my mind. Right, right. And I'm, I'm glad you touched on that because that's the thing, too. And, you know, God bless the dead to, you know, to my mom and everything. Before she left this earth and everything, she would tell me these two questions. I always ask myself if I felt to question myself is, you know, what is my conviction and what is my commitment? Mm. You know what I'm saying? And that would that would help me straight throughout all this. You know what I'm saying? And just to aim to pivot. That was the key thing. The willingness to aim to pivot. Right. You know, not just, oh, I got to pivot. I need to pivot. I got to find something else. No, it was I had to mentally prep my mind to pivot away from what I was normally doing. Right. And that's what's helped me out to get out of this as we are now in the spot that we're in now. You right. get what I'm saying? And, and and to you, I gotta say, give you tremendous kudos because brother, it's 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 just inspirational for people that I know in my journey of the greatness that they are, what they put together. But with you, it's just another level of greatness because you always been willing to go past the beyond to just black excellence. You've right, been right, right. going willing. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a difference to be of black excellence, but then it is what is your will for it? Right. What is your will to do for it? You know what I'm right. saying? You know, what's crazy, when we talk about black excellence, the scariest shit about being black... I'm sorry, can I curse on you? Yeah, of course. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. I got Hello, a, uh, I, Kels. I got a pirate mouth. Kels, Kels, Kels. Uh, I, um, I, I meant to ask before um, we started Kels. recording. Um, the host. <laughs> really? But, um, <laughs> you know, when, when you talk about black excellence, right. what's crazy is, I don't think a lot of black creatives, maybe they do understand, but... Anytime, as a black person, when you walk into the room, this is the problem. This is the gift and the curse about being a black creative, being a black entrepreneur. Right. When you walk into the the room, whether you want to or not, you are representing every black person in the world, whether you want to or not. That just is what it is. Here's here's a perfect example, and I always make this example because this is really what it is. A black person will walk into a black-owned business. Mm-hmm. How they're treated, how that business is operated, right. determines if they're going to fuck with another black-owned business. Mm. Same thing with other races. They walk into a black-owned business. If you treat them right, my my interaction with a customer or somebody that's fucking with me for the first time determines if they're going to fuck with black-owned business. We're the only race like that. I've never walked into a Spanish owned business and thought this. I never walked into a white-owned business and thought this. Black people, for whatever reason, when you walk into a black-owned business, this business determines if I'm a fuck with all black business, period. You feel me? So what happens is a motherfucker be like, if you have a bad experience with black-owned business and you come in, you know what a black person say or any other race? I'm never fuck with a black-owned business again. Right. I... I actually thrive in that and I enjoy it because I know I'm going to represent my people all around the world to the greatest of my ability. You feel what I'm saying? If someone is upset after leaving me doing business, then I really, then they're they're really a toxic person. Right. Because I'm the coolest person in the world. You feel what I'm saying? I'm going to always try to correct my mistake. I'm always trying to correct my business. I do not believe the customer is always right. That's bullshit. I have no problem telling someone that's bullshit. Because in my business and my family and my and, and the businesses that I operate, we're going to try to fix your problem, right? So I do believe that I exude black excellence. I do believe that I am a pillar of black excellence. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, sometimes shit just be bullshit. And a lot of customers are bullshit. I see customers coming in all the time to my boutique. They just went to a restaurant or some shit, had a bad experiences. 
and they write off all black businesses. I'm like, what if that person's having a bad day? How you write off all black business because of some bullshit? If we were to go to a quote-unquote quote unquote white-owned business right. and they didn't have a certain cup size, a certain lid, we don't we don't write off all white-owned businesses. Of we course. just say that business right there was bullshit. Let me go down a block. When people come to black-owned business, you got to be super on point. Everything got to be right. And that's unrealistic. We human, right? We all fucking human. So black excellence is, is, there are flaws in black excellence. Oh, yeah, by far. You know what I'm saying? There by are flaw, flaws in black excellence. And I want people to understand that you can be black excellence and still have bad days. Right. We look at black excellence as a perfection. There's no such thing as perfection. When you come to me, you're going to get the best of what I got. If I can't fix your problem, I'm going to make sure your problem is fixed. I want you to go away whole, right? Because, you know, the art of the deal is go walk away with as much as your shirt as possible. Everybody's trying to rip each other off, you know what I'm saying? But when you come to me, I'm going to try to do do right by you as best as I can. And if I can't, I'm going to try to alleviate you and fix your problem so you can walk away not feeling like you got some bullshit. But black, there are flaws in black excellence. The, you can go to a black-owned business and they're not going to do right, and it's still a great black-owned business. You don't need to go on Yelp and say, yo, this is some bullshit. You don't need to go on Google right. and say this is some bullshit because you don't do that when you go to Saks. <laughs> exactly. You don't do that when you go to North Shore. Or Nike. You don't... I've had some of the worst experiences in the world in some of these department stores. Right. But I'm not going on Yelp and doing this. We go to a black-owned business. We have one bad interaction with one employee. We write off the whole fucking industry of black-owned business. No, you can be black excellent and still fuck up. It is possible. Right. And I'm glad you touched on that because me and shout out to my man DJ Chase. We we've been heavily talking about that for a hot minute, you know, what we do at Worldwide Sound Records, you know what I'm saying? We do the best we can to let people know, like, yo, stop doing that nonsense against our own. Stop yep. doing stop doing the, the buffoonery fuckery against us yep. when it comes to our business and um whatever have you, or for that matter, you know, things you wouldn't do to Nike. You know what I'm saying? Right. Real talk, like, like let's just keep it a buck. Just like the right. stores you mentioned, Nike, Gucci, like, don't do shit you wouldn't do to them. Right. People go to these stores and accept way less than above average, but come to our stores and want straight luxury experience. <laughs> yeah, word. And what if I'm having a bad day? Word. Sometimes a motherfucker having a bad day, like, fuck whatever. What if whatever the deliveries you... are late? Sometimes it's fuck whatever you talking about. <laughs> right. We're all human. Right. right. And, it, and that's what sucks about, you know, being an entrepreneur, man, is the craziest thing in the world. And my brother says something really dope before we opened up our boutique. He's like, you, if you're having a bad day, just don't come. But sometimes you got to come because we're a small owned business. Like and I am the we are the employees. There are they ain't no backup staff. I can't I don't have P, there are no PTO in being an entrepreneur. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like with all of the things that I do, like it's like. Sometimes you have bad days, and it's all right. It's all right to have a bad day. I want the consumers to understand that. I want people who, like, random customers that are walking in. People have bad days. You can have a bad day and still be an excellent, black, excellent company. Right. And I'm, you know, and that, I'm glad we even opened up on that, man. So it's funny. So yeah, during the introduction, um, right. I, it's, it's, you know, because we know each other. A lot of people probably don't know what I do. Right. So they hear us talking. They're like, what the fuck is he talking do? about? Right. So um, I know this is late. But <laughs> <laughs> that's all good. But it's I am, good. Um, I am, what, what camera to look in? All you, of the, you look in this one? I am, am Kels Barnett. I'm a designer of 5001 Flavors. Yes, owner yes. of Harlem Haberdashery. Yes, yes. I have my own liquor, HHB Spoke Spirits. I have yes, my own yes. water, HHB Spoke Water. I have uh, retail stores outside of Harlem Haberdashery called The Gold Standard. I've been in fashion my entire life. I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. This is the only thing that I've ever wanted to do. This is the only thing that I've ever done. Um, so, yeah, back to the conversation. Yeah, yeah, nah, I know nah, people nah, are so listening good. like, who the, nah, fuck, nah, you, who nah, the nah. fuck are you? They don't matter. They know. <laughs> listen, my creatives, the creatives out there, I have my hands up out there. You know who I bring to you. Right, right, right. I don't right, bring right. shabby-dabby people, son. Yeah, but so, like, it, it, uh, in regards to that, like, we've been... This is our 30th year, 5,000 Flavors is our 30th year in fashion. This is our 10th year, um, Harlem Haberdashery is our fourth year for the liquor, um, and the water is just launched. Right. Um, yeah, like, it's crazy, man. Like, a lot of times, because I'm in all of this shit, I never see how dope this shit is. It's dope being an entrepreneur, and it's dope, right. um, you know, being in business with people that you love, because all of my businesses are family-owned. 
Yes, that's a fact. Now Shout out to the, the family. Now yo. the misconception with that is that people hear family and they think it's like nepotism or you got on because you're family. And that's far as from the truth. Everyone in my family actually really works, man. Like there's been some family members that didn't work out. Um, everybody holds their own weight. And you know what's crazy about all of the shit that I do is the success of my family, the success of my businesses. Every single person in my family that's in business with us, they would have been successful without the family. It's inevitable. Some ta- talent is inevitable. It just so happens that we're family. So a lot of times people be like, oh, that's a, that's a family-owned business. I'm like, no, we're in business. We just happen to be family. family. Every single person in my family is a leader. Every single person in my family would have inevitably been successful at whatever they tried. Right. It just so happens that we're, that we're in fashion. And what's dope about that is because we're like a, a multi-headed snake, when you meet someone from my family, how you meet them is how you come into the business of my business. So a lot of times a peop- somebody will meet a certain person from my family and come around and be like, wait, hold on, is multiple of y'all motherfuckers? Like, mm-hmm. I just thought, it was like, so when you come around, you meet one leader, then you come around and be like, oh, it's 20 leaders. That's crazy. It's not usually like that. That's why I always jokingly say, like, my family's like the Wu-Tang Clan um, of fashion. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of us, and everybody's solo albums is just as hot as the group album. You know what I mean? So it's like, you can't deny us. Like, I I enjoy our success. I enjoy the the speed, the impact of our success. Sometimes people who are unfamiliar with us come on one of the brand pages like how come you aren't more known i'm like no we're actually very well known you just didn't know you us didn't and that's do, okay no, you didn't do your research right there is no fashion <laughs> industry talking which, about which, which camera should i look either at? one this one right here. there is no here. fashion industry without 5001 flavors Man, i want good. you to really understand this anyone in fashion anyone in the industry knows this it's always funny when you see celebrities do interviews and stuff and they say we bought this to this brand i'm like no there is no fashion industry without mm. five thousand one flavors. There mm. is none. I don't care. Mm. I don't care what brand you name. Mm. There is none. If you ask someone in the in the hip hop community about five thousand one flavors and they don't know, they're not part of the hip hop community. If you ask anyone in the fashion industry about five thousand one flavors and they don't know, then they're not doing their due diligence because. <laughs> When you're in a particular field, there are certain people you should know. Right. That's there are nice. certain things you should know. Unless nice. you're not doing it. We can make a suit in a day. You sh- people should. If you're in the fashion industry, you should know who 5001 Flavors uh-huh. is. We create beautiful, timeless pieces that last. That still get impressed. Master P actually just hit us. Asking, it was crazy. Master P actually DM'd me asking me about something I made for him. And we make so much shit. I'm like, I'm looking at it like. Yeah, we made that, P. Like, people don't be knowing. And P didn't get so much shit coming across as me. Like, y'all, I feel like y'all made this. And I'm sending them other shit, shit we made for him. He's like, oh, shit, yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, this shit is dope. Like, this being in this industry is dope. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Being around these people is dope. Being a part of every integral part of hip-hop and pop culture to me is dope. So we back to the point where like sometimes we do so much dope shit, you don't realize how dope it is till you step back. Like, wow, like this is important. Like in 40 years, someone is gonna be studying what we're doing here. Like, yo, this shit is important. You know what I mean? Like to be a part of hip hop, to be a part of hip hop history, to be a part of people's big moment in hip hop, that's special to me. You know what I'm saying? Bro. Cause I even researched, like I said, as I kept it real, you know, I researched when I was coming down here. The list of people that that y'all supplied right. with the fashion, uncanny. <laughs> Yo, I didn't know It'd y'all actually be easier to tell you mm-hmm. who we haven't done than who we have done. But to, so what happens is is a misconception. Okay, See, most people think the celebrity walks into the office and I'm meeting every celebrity we make shit for, and it doesn't happen like that. Okay, to me. People behind the scenes are more important than the celebrities to me. Oh, yeah, and I, I don't want a celebrity to hear that, like, well, that's some bullshit. But I'm more, like, I was always more fanned out from seeing the celebrity stylist than seeing the celebrity. Because what happens is, to me, the stylist is the curator of our culture. Mm. Um, people behind the scenes are curators of our culture. The celebrity is the, the pinpoint of that curation. Right. So 
a lot of times we work with stylists more than a celebrity. Now what happens because of social media, the celebrity is actually able to hit us directly because they're able to touch us and see who we are. Before the stylist was the middleman between my company, 5001 Flavors, and the celebrity. Now the celebrity is still important, but to me, I always fanned out like for stylists. Like, wow, this person is really driving the culture. Or not just a celebrity, people behind the scenes, like Steve Stout was someone that drove the culture. Like P. Diddy was someone that drove the culture. He wasn't necessarily uh, an artist or a celebrity or the, 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 the main figure, but this is someone who said, yo, this is going to be dope. And I'm talking about P. Diddy when he was Puff. Yeah, like when he gave Joe to see their looks and, right. and, and like stuff like that is important to me because these people are people who shift the culture and that shift is what shifted the world. Yo, hip hop runs the world, man. Yeah, like, by far. Like it's crazy. Oh, the culture, not just the rapping. Yo, see, and that's the thing. I want. I'm glad right. we touched on that because um, shout out to Matt Hoffa on his on his podcast, um, my expert opinion, and they had the interview with with Clark Kent, and yep. it was something that Clark Kent said. It was so fucking dope, and it and, and not to say that when he said it, that's something I said too. But I when I got in the media, I was preaching that heavy for a long time to people. I'm like, yo, rap is only the mere craft. Right. Of the culture. It's not the culture right. in, its, in its entirety. Right. You know what I'm saying? So when Clark said it, I was screaming in my crib. Right. I was like, yes! Like hip hop, <laughs> you know what I'm To some degree, and I know most people, especially most creatives, hate this saying, like, something saved my life. Hip hop, to most degree, saved a lot of motherfuckers' lives. About far. I remember being young and listening to Wu Tang and. Um, who said it was Inspector Deck? He said, "Coming through your hood like the neighborhood Spider Man." Right now, that that line is so insignificant to a bigger picture. But for a black boy from the hood that was into comic books, right? I was like, "Oh shit! Wait, hold on! It's other black people that know about from the hood that knows about." I it was like a secret thing. It's funny that comic book movies are big now, but growing up, it was almost like some shit you did in the secrecy of your house. Now we realize that more of us was nerds than than we weren't. Of course. So hearing people like Wu Tang talk about um, Doctor Doom and Spider Man and and Ghostface took on this Iron Man character, I was like, oh shit! I, I never knew people was into this. So when you talk about like hip hop saved my life, like like if I was to put a, a like a point into it, the Wu Tang Clan literally changed the trajectory of my life. Like, mm-hmm. like real talk. Like, Into the 36 Chambers album really changed my thought on the world because I didn't know that there were other people who thought and felt like how I felt about simple shit. They were talking about shit I didn't even know. Like, they were talking about, like, cartoons. Yes, and sir. Like, watching Kung Fu movies. Yep. We knew we did this in our house. You may have one or two friends at school that did this, but to hear, like, street dudes talk about this shit, like, oh, shit, I thought I was alone. So when we talk about, like, hip-hop saved my life, like, I be watching hip-hop documentaries, like, yo, this shit is mind-blowing because hip-hop is, there's no other music genre that has changed the world like hip hop. Oh yeah, nah. If you not. go anywhere around the world, I was just in Africa, and when they greet you, they be like, "Hey, New York hip hop!" Like that's what they say. They're, they don't know no other English words but New York and hip hop, right? And French Montana because I went yeah. to Morocco. He's right, from Morocco. Morocco. So they're like French Montana, like um, uh, all his. They say we Coke rap boys. all his Coke boys. They rap all his bars, but they don't speak no other English, right? I love hip-hop, and hip-hop has saved so much. Even if you're indirectly a product of hip-hop, hip-hop saved your life. Oh yeah, by far, man. I mean, the thing, and it, I wrote, I don't know if you caught my post on Facebook, because um, you know how I give it up on Facebook. I'll be, it's either hot takes or I speak shit. <laughs> just be ranting. Yeah, yeah, and I don't even be ranting. I just be speaking shit that, that matters and makes people wake up. This is almost equivalent to what you do, because you be going in too. But, um... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So I know I wrote something. I said, yo, about my assessment the last six, seven years of being being involved. You know what I'm saying? I mean, longer career, 16-year career in entertainment. But the last six, seven of it, especially on the music scene and this in the hip-hop scene, I'm like, yo, why are cats continuously saying lame shit on major platforms just for the shit for clout? And it's like, regardless of what, regardless of what, I don't care about, okay, you need you need the the energy or the negative energy so shit can sell for you. It's like, my nigga, I thought we got past this already. You right. get what I'm saying? So here's the thing. You know, the word clout is interesting because we all have complex personalities and 
some days you're ratchet, some days you're ignorant, some days you're intelligent. I think when people do things, there are people, I feel there are people who do things for attention. Right. But honestly, we all do shit for attention. Okay. So what what is really, what is the really clout? Like, right? Like, when we talk about the word uh, a narcissist. Right. Everyone on social media, whether you want to agree with or not, you oh, are yeah, it's a narcissist. narcissist. Yeah, it's narcissistic. Of course. People, when you say they're like, oh, shit, I never thought about that way. If you have a social media account, you are a narcissist. Now, are you a good narcissist or a bad narcissist? Right. There are some people want to get their ideas out, but you want your ideas to be your ideas. You wouldn't want one of your ideas to come from your Facebook post and then see a major blog repost it. Then I will make you feel bad. Why? Because you're a narcissist, right? You don't give your ideas away for free. Technically, when you're sending a tweet, you are a published author. Right. We all are narcissists. It just determines what type of narcissist are you. Mm. So when people do things for clout, are they really doing for clout, doing for attention? It's like, I, I understand why people like you, do, you, you chasing clout, because that is a real thing. Right. But I think we throw that word around too much. Some people are just naturally ignorant. So it's like, <laughs> so it's like, are they doing it for clout or are they just naturally ignorant? Right. Right. You, you, and you know who's who. Some people are forced clout chases. Some people are just ignorant, right? Like some people just have ignorant thoughts, and that's just who they are. But people with ignorant thoughts, we don't say they're chasing clouts. They just have ignorant thoughts. Then there's someone who you don't see as much on social media just throws out a, that's a clout chaser. Someone just randomly throws, like, that's not even your brand. Like, in a reason brand, even if you're not selling anything, each of us is a brand. This is the, the marketing world. Each of us in life is a brand. So there's some people who you never had that thought ever. I never seen you say nothing funny, witty, right. clever. Right. Now you have this thought that's for clout. But someone with ignorant thoughts is not chasing clout. Mm. That's literally how they think. Right. Clout chases are people who never had nothing funny to say. Now you got something funny. Like, that. come on, bro. Sit down. So it's like <laughs> when we talk about clout chasers, like, I just think that word is just thrown around too much. because. Okay. Ignorance is a form of expression. Ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss, but it is a form of expression. Some people are naturally like we both know naturally ignorant people. Oh yeah. They, and <laughs> would you say they're cloud chasers? No. Okay. Well, I, in that regard, well, in that regard, in that perspective, you know, what I'm saying no. I think for me, what I was coming from when I post, because it was a few interviews that I watched, and it was of potent. And you could figures. Some people are cloud chasers. Po- it was potent figures. So it goes back to what I said. Like right. you've never had an ignorant thought, and now this is your ignorant thought. You're chasing cloud. You're right. Yeah. Right. And so that's where I think where I was coming from. And not to say that the people that I watched their interviews, like they didn't have. How, how can I put it? Like they never aired laundry out like that crazy. Mm. Like they said things, but it was like, I right, hold the fuck on, like. You really, because you on right. Drink Champs, or you really right, on, right, 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 right. on who else's podcast can I think of? Or you on um, Million Dollars Worth of game. game or something like that. Like That's a clout chaser's paradise. Yeah, right. We talking about, oh, you're like, where the fuck that <laughs> like, But that could be how they felt that day. No, true. And we got to give people grace, because it's like, true. We, all have, we all have our days. Like, Yo, I'm, just, I'm on violence. I choose some violence today, dude. <laughs> I'm just talking about shit that don't even matter, yo. No, True. True, but I just feel for me, like I said, and as I started when I said about when you said about the whole black excellence thing, see for me, that's the kind of shit that's kind of leading to the confusing the youth of what we're dealing with now. Because mm. like on one hand, you speaking diligently, like yo, nah, we not doing this silly shit. Okay, cool. Right. But then now you get on the platform, right. you just went whole three sixty right. left. <laughs> like, but hey, you know, you I, I I'm on like I'm I'm on the fence about like. In, like how we inspire the youth, right? It's because the same way me and you could listen to ignorance, I never received the ignorance the same way as someone else. Right. So what I mean is, like you know how like they said growing up watching violent movies makes you violent, right? Yeah. I, it didn't make me violent, right? No. So I don't I don't know that to be true. I mean that's a for me that's always been a raising thing, but that, right. I mean that's that, right. That's, that's debatable. It's, it's a very slippery slope because there are some some people who are susceptible to to things like that. Like they look at Scarface, like I go shoot anybody up. I look at Scarface and look at the beauty of inspiration of making a movie like Scarface, right? 
It's about perception. Right. The same way you go into a museum, two people can look at one piece of art and look at it completely different. Mm-hmm. But we're not like somebody may look at a Picasso. You ever seen a, a real Picasso? That shit may drop somebody that's crazy crazier. Yeah. That shit is not. That shit is. That shit is crazy. It's yeah, but, not, mo- but majority, not to cut you up, but majority of artists are crazy. This is what I'm I saying. Mean, they were. They so were it's like, some kind of like, crazy. Why nobody ever said nobody went to the Met and seen a Picasso and then went and killed somebody? They gotta look at hip hop. They gotta look at violent hip hop movies. Be like, oh, that—that's why he did it. Or blame video games. I listen to the same music as that person that just killed two people, and I'm not killing two people. Why you didn't say, yo, no, Kells didn't do that. He that put that to him. Don't put that to hip hop. Don't right. put that to our right. genre of movies. Right. I, I've never. I've watched Scarface probably two hundred times. I've never watched it. See, I gotta go kill somebody. I got to go sell drugs. I've never looked at that and did that. <laughs> but they get one person who did it, like, oh, my God, the whole... Kendrick got a dope skit on um his damn album in the song DNA, where it's an actual news uh, a news guy saying hip-hop has done more damage right. to black... I'm I like, remember that. What? I, I would have loved if Kendrick would have did a video for that song and just did a montage of people with 4.0s, people who got accepted to right. multiple... Ivy right. League colleges and listen to hip hop. Some of the most intelligent black people I know that went to Ivy League schools listen know more hip-hop. more about hip hop than the dude in the streets. Why we don't talk about them? Black the 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 higher higher education rate of black women have went up. All of them listen to hip hop. Why we not talking about this? Of course, black entrepreneurship had the percentage of black entrepreneurship had raised up. All of them listen to hip hop. Tyler the Creator was just in the Pharrell video Entrepreneur, where he did all of those montages, dope shit. Why don't we talk about those people? We list. We wait till they. Well, not we. They wait till it's one crime. But he was listening. It equals everybody. He was listening to Little Dirk. I'm like, I know motherfucking college professors <laughs> listen who dirt. listen to Dirk. Why you don't talk about them? And that motherfucker got fucking multiple degrees. It's crazy. We it's cra- and I and that person who even committed the crime would never say I did it because of Little Dirk. We don't do that. Like, I didn't kill these. I didn't commit crimes because of Little Dirt. I may have been listening to what I was doing them crimes, but that don't got nothing to do with that. It's just weird that that's the way they portray us. You know what I'm saying? Bad. But that's art. I'm pretty sure somebody has looked at a Picasso and said, yo, I'm going to kill my wife. Look, a Picasso some psychotic shit. Like, that shit is crazy. Listen, man. Listen, man. At the end of the day, man, I'm, I'm, I'm happy I went to art and design. Like, I had a chance to go. Like, I did have a minor chance to go to Bayside in Queens. But I went to art and design, right? I got and accepted to art and design. Say word. I didn't go. I went to Watley, then I went to Randolph. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Harlem shit. Sorry, it's Harlem shit. Right. It's all right. It's Harlem shit. <laughs> but it's all good, though. But nah, I'm glad I went to art and design because that shit damn near saved my life besides hip hop. But it saved my life because my teachers were non-conventional. You know, I had nice. non-conventional teachers. Like I'll keep it a buck. They gave they gave it back. Like we gave sarcasm. It was acting wild. They gave it but back. I think that's how our generation preferred to be taught. Right, and that's the problem with education is that we continuously teach our black and our, our black and brown boys and girls the same way, and it's different every single year. Is a new generation of yeah, people. by far. So, like, my son doesn't learn the same way as they did forty years ago. Right, like I don't learn the same way. Um, if I'm in a meeting or something. And I'm not on my phone or listening to you because just the way my mind is wired. I can multitask. We can multitask. That's our generation. Exactly. So when you have unconventional teachers, they understand that. I unfortunately didn't have a lot of unconventional teachers mm. that seen my hyperness as a downfall. Right. So it's funny when I see those teachers now, I'm like, Yo, you, you thought I was going to be full of shit. But now and, look at what I got. Right. Like, so, and Rick Ross got a dope line in a song called Holy Ghost. Oh. He said, my teacher, th- my teacher told me that I was a piece of shit. shit. Seen it the other day driving a piece of shit. shit. That's a real thing. Like, a lot of my teachers are driving pieces of shit. They you know what I'm miserable saying? Miserable like, lives. Miserable lives. And I love when they walk past me in Harlem and they see what I'm doing and they hear about what I'm doing. And I love it. Because, you know, you didn't believe me. And I still got all of those report cards that told my mother I was going to be a failure. And maybe to some degree they probably think I'm a failure because I don't live an unconventional life. But I'm not a failure in any means. Oh, nah, hell no. But I love that they thought I would be a failure. So this is why when I talk to parents of, of young black and brown boys and girls mm-hmm. and their child is wild and their child is hyperactive. And I always tell them, yo, that's how I was. Creatives are very different. 
You cannot teach a creative the same way. This is why unconventional teachers, like you said, is very important. The problem is, is that we try to teach um, unconventional, conventional, squares, uncool people, cool. We try to teach all these kids the exact same way. This is cornball shit. And it's impossible. Like, if I was able to determine how I would be taught, somebody would think I was psychotic. I cannot sit in a classroom and learn. I got a master's degree and I hate school. Like I hate, I hate everything about, I hate the structure of school. I hate the way. The that, dynamics. The dynamics. The dynamics of, I wish we could learn. I want to stand up. Like that's why, I don't know if you've seen it, but they start, they sell desks that raise up. Right. I prefer to work standing up than sitting down. Sitting right. down to me is some crazy ass shit. This is why I could never do like a quote unquote corporate America job. I can't sit, I'm not sitting down nine to five. I, I want to walk around. I got to go outside. I got to fucking look at the birds flying. I got to fucking feel shit and I got to do shit. That's just the way my mind works. Mm-hmm. If I'm sitting down, I'm not listening to it at all. Like I'm not. It may look like I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not listening because I'm unconventional. Right. So this is why I encourage unconventional thought. Like even in my son, like, nah, I'll be let him do his thing because I already know his brain is processing things very differently and I appreciate it. Creatives are the people that change the world. Think of every aspect of history. Creatives are who change the world. So I, you know, unconventional is conventional to me. Oh yeah, by far. And I'm glad you touched on that because even with me, right? I always tell my story, like on guest appearance when I make guest appearances on other platforms, that you know I'm I'm a former D75 student. You know what Mm. I'm saying? I beat the stigmatization. Tremendously, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying. It was, it was, it wasn't even thought that I'd probably be a bachelor graduate. You know what I'm saying, or in entertainment, anything like that. It was either jail or okay. If he doesn't change his hypeness or anger issues, then he's not going to succeed. And it was just like my mother was like, "Nah, get the hell up out of it." Right. My mother was a college professor. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? I had no, there was no levy of failure. It was, and my right. dad used to I work for the UN, so it wasn't no. Oh. It wasn't no levy of, all right, he's so going to So you had fit. to do something. Yeah. It, it, Same it, thing with my son. It had to do something. So something like, has to be done. You, you know how, like, growing up in a black family, you are, you know how, like, I'm the first person to graduate co- um, right. high school. My son, my son's mom has a double master's. I have a master's. My son at least got to go to college. I don't fuck what you do after that. I don't right. fuck if you go to sleep on the couch. You've got to go to college. Right. And believe Trust me, I don't believe in higher education at all because you can graduate from Yale. If you don't know the right p- person. Yeah. It shows skills is horrible. Yeah, it's over. Right. So I just want my son to go to college just to see that he's done that. After that, I, I always introduce shit to my son. I'm like, yo, son, you could be a multimillionaire playing video games. But, oh, man, I'm glad you talked about that. You could t- be a tester of sitting on front of you. Do you know that's a fucking job? How the fuck is it a job sitting on front of you? Like, people don't know this, yo. It's jobs for everything. Everything. Uber driver. Uber Eats. Yo. That saved me in the pandemic. I know somebody killing on Uber right now. Yo, son. Killing. What a master's degree. I was an Uber Eats driver. Word? Uh, no, but I was walking this shit. Oh. <laughs> no, I care. I was well, getting, you was walking this shit? Nigga, it helped me lose weight. I was getting to the bag. Right. I was getting I, to the I bag. I didn't even know they had that. Yeah. Wait, hold on. How does that work? Nah. I, or, you have a bike, order? nothing. You were just walking. I was walking. But I, Yo, I you know how you look at that strategic. It's showing nigga. I was strategic. It show somebody. You like, that's it. I was on that bus. You like, is Remo walking? I was on that bus. I was on the train. If it okay. was far, I was taking the bus to the train. I still got there. The food right. still got there. Because remember, a lot of people just wanted you to leave it at the door. Right. So that I left it at the door. Y'all know well people that do Uber Eats during COVID. And they was, yo, the job, was, the job that they had before that is Uber Eats now. Because what I'm learning is you could still live your life normal and you could just turn it on when you want. Like, oh, I'm right now. If you used to turn Uber Eats on, you would get 40 deliveries right now on Fort where right. we at. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I was walking. Smart. I didn't no, know. I, I didn't know that. I, I didn't know that was at an option. At the time, I was losing pounds. As much as I walk, maybe I should sign I was up. Yeah, sign up. Well, yeah, I'm walking up this way anyway. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm just right. saying. I get somebody there like Cal's like yeah yeah man, what's me. up what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was pushing the movies that I was in uh. <laughs> in the message <laughs> why you was delivering it was, yeah it was oh. on Amazon Prime I would have yeah. put my car right in yeah the I put the link I put the link like hey here here you go watch you my like, movie who the fuck card is this? business card is this? 
Yo, I remember one time, yo, when I first started, right? So I had stopped at the at the store to get wine cooler and stuff, right? I was like, All right, after I'm done, I'm gonna drink some wine cooler. Right? So I accidentally left the bag with the food. With the wine cooler. And they, the thought wine cooler. Was, they thought it was a, a, a yeah, additional. Yo, they dead tipped me like $30. Like, yo, <laughs> you left your wine cooler. Yo, that was fire. Still, thanks. Thanks for that. Should have been your signature. Leave yeah, it, I know. Leave you're the wine cooler, dude. <laughs> Y'all would love somebody to leave me liquor with my foot. Like, wait, hold on. Yeah, words, son. Of Hennessy. Words, son. Yo, that's Casamigos. hilarious. Yo, that's hilarious. <laughs> Word, son. That's the life. Yo, I gotta ask you, son. And you, you one of the best people to ask. The, the vet. All right. I think it was like 2009, 2010. That was like one of the few last fire MH cookouts. Mm. How in the hell did y'all were oh y'all were just able to have epic cookouts, son? Um, Yo, drill talk. <laughs> we gotta oh, it's go. Funny, it's funny you just said that. <laughs> right. We actually had one of the best MH cookouts during COVID. Our last one called the Last Dance 2020. Yes, I pulled so, up late. I'm gonna I'm tell you. I'm a, the way that happened is, but I want the the the. I think it was oh nine. You have to talk about oh nine. Is oh nine was epic. I'm gonna tell you the most politically correct because that shit was from the beginning of Four Fifth Park. <laughs> <laughs> My creatives. All right, so let me let me. All right, so let me. It's hard to explain. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> so one forty fifth Park. Right. <laughs> before you get to the Bronx, it's like a major bridge. Right. Is that 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 road? I think is three lanes. Yo, people used to be triple parked. I'm like, yo, y'all blocking up the whole. We used to stop traffic for the entire city. Son, y'all had so listen, so the stretch of it. If I'm not mistaken, was beginning of Four Fifth Park, which it's is about forty third. No, y'all had Four Fifth and 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 Lennox. I know the cookout you talk. I know the yeah. I know what you're, yeah, that you're shit stretch. Over the other side yeah. of the highway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And went down to 35th. How so, in the fuck? Yo, how in the... Wait, so, I know you're looking at me. You got to explain that. How so in the fuck does that happen? It's a few things. So... <laughs> um, Here we go. My girl, my girl, let me set this up. So when you hear it's a few things... It is a few... And it's a, stretched like that, this is going to be a good story. It, it is a few things because... See, most people, what they most hated, they are very... Intricate personalities. <laughs> They're very complex um, personalities. Um, everyone has a different connection to the streets than the other. Right. Um, so let's say, let's say it's thirty people in most hated, and I don't know the number, but let's just say within those thirty people, one person is cool with politicians. Right. One person is cool with the motherfucking the street guys who run whatever block. One person is cool with the motherfucking shift officer that run like it's just multiple people. Right. And it is is a, is it it is an equation that I couldn't tell another crew in Harlem. Another crew in New York, another crew in the world. I couldn't tell. Yeah, y'all were insane, bro. But what it is 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 again it is it is multiple integral complex personalities within one crew. So between all of us, we were able to do whatever we wanted in Harlem and shit New York. Period, because we have multiple integral personalities. No. So it's almost like you know we we all grown now, but it's like the mob. Yeah, right. So the reason why the mob was so successful is because there was multiple integral personalities. Mm -hmm. One person had the respect of this person that led to respect of this person. So even when we did our, our last cookout 2020, between all of us, we had so much respect from politicians and police officers and police department that we were able because. At once upon a time, they thought most hated was a gang. Like we were labeled a gang. We were in the yeah, gang which is unit. weird. We were in a gang unit. We had a binder. We had pictures up in precincts. Like they thought we were a gang. Now, by the time we did our last joint, maybe they realized, oh, this ain't a gang. And then there are people within our crew who bring credibility to our crew. Most of us are actual legal business owners. No, right? No, like, which most is of correct. us are actual legal business owners. Like, and not only are we actual legal business owners, we are pillars of the community. 
So regardless of the name most hated and that scares people, no, we are actual members of this fucking community. And what I always wanted to be since I was young, I always wanted to be a gatekeeper of Harlem. My fault. So, oh, you're definitely that. that so regardless shit. of me being down and starting a, a crew called Most Hated, don't let that shit fool you. I am a fucking... I'm a force in my community. Yeah, by far. So the reason why we were able to do what we want is because I'm we are real people in the community. We help out when, when we need to. We fucking do good. And it's yo just sitting thinking like it's crazy. I can name twelve business owners in my crew, like real business owners. My man got a fucking sneaker store. My man got a fucking bar and restaurant. Like we are not regular people. So people always got mis- misconstrued by their name, but we are like actual motherfucking leaders of our community. Like, and I'm not even talking about the shit, all the shit that I do. Like, I like I got fucking banners in Harlem. Like, that means nothing. The respect of my of people in Harlem, the respect of my crew, the respect of my block meant more to me than who I was. Right. So the reason why we were to answer your question again, the reason why we were able to do whatever we wanted, because we were real people. We weren't people that were sandwiched for the hood and didn't do bullshit. No, we were real people, right? Like, we grew up together. All our, Everybody in the community knew us. The fucking the, the, the police departments, even though they started out hating us, they realized, no, these are real motherfuckers. These ain't nobody's doing no bullshit. These are real motherfuckers. These are pillars of the community. Correct. So my, my, my thing to kids is always, the reason the, the, my success is, the 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 secret to my success is I me mean, me personally is mm-hmm. I never wanted to change who I was. Mm. I'm gonna dress how I want. I'm gonna talk how I want. That's why I actually if I could curse, I'm gonna wear my grills. I'm gonna wear Tims. I'm gonna wear boots. I'm gonna wear motherfucking Jordans. I never wanted to change who I was. So I think within that, people started to respect us is because even though you see me as this street guy, I'm not a street guy. None of my niggas is street guys. None of my crew is street guys. These. This is how we grew up. We grew up in the age of hip hop. This is what you think. This is the misconception that you have of my crew. Right. So the reason why we're able to do these things is because of that. We are real people. Mm. We are real part of this community. Our families. You know my mother. You know my grandmother. So like, even though you have this misconception, just like we was talking about art, people perceive things wrong. Oh yeah, by far. But most hated was a real thing. Most hated is a real thing. Most hated is is business owners. Most haters is leaders of the community. So we can still do those most hated cookouts. What's crazy about the most hated cookouts and the misconception is violence never happened at our cookout. Now that's a fact. It's funny. It's funny. That's a fact. Like, like Ferg, my man. But Shout he, out to Ferg. Yo, he, he, he said on the line, he said, I attended, I attended Harlem cookouts where you risked your life. Now I got why he said, he was talking about most hated cookouts. You risking your life because you're around a lot of active motherfuckers, but we never had violence at our cookouts. Not once. <laughs> That's a re- that's important to me. <laughs> right. Like right, that's really important right, to me. Be right. like, yo, be like people respected us, man. Like, and it's crazy because of where we had the cookout. When violence does happen, somebody could have a cookout where we had a cookout at right now, and we would get blamed for it. It ain't got nothing to do with us. Right. There's never been no real violence at a most hated cookout. Be people respected us, and I've always been fortunate, and I've always felt blessed because of that. The OGs on our block, yo, be I'm talking about dudes twenty years older than us respected us. We was 16, 17 doing those cookouts. People respected us, but that's because we stuck together and we real people. We have real ideas and we have real dreams and aspirations. And what's dope is all of those dreams and aspirations we had as young, most hated, everybody is doing that now. Yo, mm-hmm. Every single body is successful. Right. And I always, the what I attribute to the success of most hated is well, like when when Jay when Mills first started rapping, when Vado first started rapping, shout out to Mills, Art and Design, the right. Oh, right, right, right. And Mills is nice with the drawing. Oh, yeah. I don't know why he ain't take that as a fucking uh, as a career. But what it is is when you start something, when you have a crew. So this is where I know the gang mentality comes from. You have a crew. If I wanted to sell socks, I already know there are forty motherfuckers who are gonna buy my socks because I most hated my crew. Right. The reason why each of us is successful within our respectable careers is because of that. At any given moment, any of my dudes can start anything, and you already got 40 people who are supporting you. You can do anything. You can sell glasses, hats, T-shirts, jeans, socks. And the, the, the range of careers that we have in my crew are crazy. Mm. So people still it blows people's mind when they find out that I'm most hated, when they find out 
like, wait, the same old hated that Vado and Mills and Charlie Clips you talking about? I'm like, yeah, that that that's yeah, I started that. Like that same crew. It blows people's mind because why still niggas. why still talk about that? I, we've done that. We're doing that. Always. I am this, I am most hated. Like I shit tattered on my skin. Exactly. Like I am most hated. Like exactly. it's a real thing. Like it, it doesn't go away. But we've never been a gang. We've always just been motherfuckers from the community doing dope shit. Yeah. They're gonna continue doing dope shit. So again, to answer your question, the reason why we were able to do that is because we real we real people from the community. See, that's what's up. Cause you know, witnessing that, and also too, for our for my crew. You know, my, my crew, Fact Mob, with us and shit like that. Our crew, Fact Mob and shit. You you guys inspired us tremendously. You know, which I'm I glad you out. said that, man, because we inspired a lot of motherfuckers. No, you did not. And people don't be that, giving no, us no, our no, credit. No, no, no. no. I, like, they're, like, and it's just, even if I wasn't most hated, but I always say this too, even if I wasn't from Harlem, I would still say Harlem was a, even if I wasn't most hated, man, I would say, yo, most hated, man, changed. New York City, like, and I really mean that, man. And I, I, I apologize for whoever feels away. I, I'm nah, sorry. There ain't no that apology. You feel, I'm sorry that you you're feel speaking away. facts. Yo, we really changed. We changed. If it wasn't the way. facts, listen, not because if it wasn't facts, then okay. But right, hey, continue. But we really changed the way a crew operates, and and people look at the success of a particular person. And the same thing I told you with my family. When it comes to most hated, they how you introduce the most hated. You think that's it? Do you come around and be like, oh shit? Like, my man Chio has a sneaker store. Shout Wolf out to fucking Chio, right. son. My man Wolf has a restaurant and bar. Yep. Like, these are people yep. you, you may not know because Vado, Wolf. because Vado Mills and Clips are rappers and they're on the forefront. You don't even realize in the hood, they're just Vado Mills and Clips and there's other superstars right. within the crew. Right. But that's what makes us successful. And that's the same thing that Vado Mills and Clips understand and respect is that I'm a celebrity here, but here, all of us are celebrities. Right. Like, my man Shep has a basketball clinic like mm-hmm. these people we re- everybody is doing what they really wanted to do exactly like that's dope to me you know what I'm saying exactly. like so when people talk about most hated there's no ain't no one show pony in here you come around you're like well, hold on everybody popping like this exactly. shit is crazy so when people see Vado clips and mills they just think that and when they come around they're like nah this shit is crazy so that's nah. why we've always been respected now so, so, yo here's a funny segue I remember the years when mills would bring Vado I'm not gonna say Vado's real name, but um, he used to bring him to Art Nizan. Yep. You gotta remember, yep, yep. Vado didn't go to Art Nizan. You right. know what I'm saying? He used to bring him. Right. And I was like, yo, <laughs> I didn't know, like, I'm class of 98. I think Mills is class of 2001. Damn. I wanna say. We old, man. Of, of, of Art Nizan. <laughs> right. If I'm not, I may be right, I may be wrong. But I, I, think, remember, I think you off by a year. Because Mills is a little bit older than me. He may be 2000, let's say. Okay, yeah, he's like 2000 or whatever, right? Because I was like, damn, I'm like, yo. And I used to see him. I used to see him. So then when I got older, like 20s and all that, and I'd be in Harlem and, you know, um, Vado knew Cash and, and Sheed and shit like that. And he knew Doe, you know what I'm saying? And then he knew he knew G and me and whatever. And he sees a little time. And I'd be looking at him all the time. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, yo. Used to pull, and I used to ask him every now and then, right, like, yo, right, bro, right. you used to pull up the art design. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, used to come with Mills or whatever. I'm like, that's what the fuck it was. Right. Yeah, but Mills, yeah, now Mills was always talented. You know what I'm Very saying? Very talented. He was always talented. Both that art with the rapping, basketball, right. and everything like that. I don't know about basketball. He was, he was, I know. I'm, 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 all right, so listen. He'll tell oh, you that. Oh, Mills, he'll tell you that. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I, I don't know Mills to play basketball. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. So, I'll, so, right, so I'll put it on like this. His brother, his brother, yes. Yes. But, but Jay Mills, I don't no, know. It, right. I'm sorry. So here's what I'm going to say with Mills. Here's what I'm going to say with Mills. Like I said, he may not remember, but like Art Nizan, like I was like one of, I was one of the top dudes, right? As far as like with ball and shit like that, right? Even though successfully totality of the basketball team, we ain't really do all that great. <laughs> I didn't even far, know you had a ball team. Yeah, we did. Okay. Yeah, but as far as. Like, I was drawing and yeah. shit on the court. Yeah, As I was that. coming up the court, yeah, y'all was all, all that design basketball seems sound crazy. Yeah, nah, but no. So, it. But when it came to the intramural tournaments, oh yeah, it was nice. Oh niggas was getting it in. That was the war war. Okay, uh, intramural tournaments was the war war, but not the real tournaments. Not the not the not the <laughs> PSAL. Nah, we ain't make it there. Don't do that. That's not nice, man. <laughs> Yo, but um, no. But as far as like Mills, 
I, I, for my remembrance, not I, saying that Mills, hey. no, Mills was all right, but he was one of those scrappy dudes. They used to try to come okay. at Okay, but I don't know if I ever seen Mills on a court. I don't know. No, I, no, but I've, but I'm just telling okay, I'm I, my experience. I, okay, but he knew he, him, a lot of his crew and class of '99 crew. That's okay, as Walt from Walt from Black Ink and. You know, that's class of 99. Walt, Walt was no. playing ball? Oh, yeah. Walt was nice. I don't no, know. Walt was nice. No, nah, Walt, no. No, Yo, Walt, I'm Walt. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, a lot of cats do that too. No, Walt was I don't know, ball. man. No, Walt was balling. Because Walt's in shape, but I don't know him to be a ball nah, player. Nah, Walt was balling. He wasn't on the team, but okay. as far as, as far as, like, with us, if we were into 60th Park at 60th Street Yo. and York. I'm no. gonna take your word. No, I was uptown. No, right. I pro- at that point I wasn't leaving Harlem, so I yeah, don't know. Right. It could be no. true. Nah, but Walt was balling. I I could keep that above. Jay Mills, he was balling, but he was like one of them scrappy dudes. Right, you know right, what I'm right, saying? Right, 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 right. It wasn't like you know it was cute and all, but then it was like I. Right, he like Anthony Mason. Like yeah. he, he was playing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was on that side, but when it came to like, all right, listen, fam. All right. This Enyumero shit. <laughs> listen, fam. The park shit, like. I'm gonna bring the pain too, because um, you know I'm both Harlem and Queens. So you know a lot of niggas used to like be on some funny shit. And I'm like, bro, okay, this is different here. I feel you. I feel <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, this is different here. We not <laughs> we not doing this. It's not going. It's not going to go right with you. You know okay. what I'm saying? But it, I'm just going with the segue one because it shows the connection even with Art and Design. Like a lot of cats from Art and Design is in the industry. You know what I'm saying? That's that is true. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, but you know, you yo, you know what's the the dopest thing about growing up and growing old mm-hmm. is seeing people do what they said they was gonna do. Right. And I've been fortunate enough to be around a lot of motherfuckers who said they were going to do something and did it. And I don't think we realize how dope that is. Because yeah. I've always talked about fashion. Like, Chio's always been in fashion. Mills always talked about music. Always. Yeah, right. That's a fact. So it's dope seeing people do shit that That's they said. Because we just look at it like, yo, Mills is nice, great. But you don't realize how dope that is. Like, right, like, 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 even though most people probably never heard of it, Mills inspired a fucking generation oh of motherfuckers, man. Generation and written. Right. Like, oh, like, oh, right. Like, Mills, <laughs> yo, B, Mills to me was the epitome of a hip hop dude. Right. 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 Like growing up, he was the epitome. Like he knew shit that nobody like he would read shit. You know, like remember back in the days you get the CD and you read all that shit. He remembers shit like what's what studio motherfuckers that just random shit. And I always thought that was dope. But there's somebody hot right now that looked at Mills when he was coming up and it's dope. I remember um, Nikki and Drake. Right, who were both for Young Money with him? You sort of like, nah, Jay Mills is it? That was dope to me because Jay Mills is a real hip hop dude. So a lot yeah, of people are not real hip hop dudes. Right. Like you, we could probably name twenty real hip hop dudes in hip hop, mm-hmm. and Mills would be one of them. A lot of people are not real; they just in hip hop. They don't know real hip hop. Like Mills knows motherfuckers' verses and why he loves a song, and he tell you about fucking music drops and like, damn, like. And I'm what I appreciate about that is being non a non rapper is I look at shit like that like wow like I thought about that shit I didn't know nobody else thought about that so it'd be funny like just standing on the block hearing Mills talk about shit like that yeah, and I just fact. always thought it was dope that people are into the shit that they wanted to be into yeah and what's crazy here's a crazy part right what's so monumental about that with him like when I saw him when he first was on that stage and was going against um, Moot. That mm-hmm. was crazy. Right. That was even crazy for Harlem. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because it was like, all right, y'all two are from here. Right, right. Y'all right. from here, from here. Right. And y'all had one of the most epic probably battles right. in battle rap history. Did you just see the full circle moment, the um Young Money reunion? No, I Mills. people were telling me yeah. people were telling me about it. I, when, I remember when I hear I meant to ask Mills he was gonna be there and I I, I might I think I was tra- I was traveling to Africa when this happened then I'm like oh shit Drake bought all of them I thought that was so dope yeah you had to you yeah had to, that was son. so dope because he was monumental man right 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 so I, I enjoyed that moment I enjoyed uh, Mills career so much and my man Drake Hove always say something dope like when it comes to like music um, when it comes to like Vado and Mills, there's nothing anybody like those are two of my favorite artists, right? Like mm-hmm. Clips is one of my favorite. Ba- yo, I be people when people are like, yo, did you see the Clips battle? I'm like Clips one. I ain't even see the battle. 
I'm like, I, I don't watch battle rap. Like, it's just not crazy. something I watch. I'm like, yo, Clips won. Like, that's just, I don't need to see it. No matter what you tell me, Clips always won. I don't care if you call it unbiased. Right. I don't care what you call it. Right. Clips right. always won. Right. Vado's always hot. Mills is always hot to me. And it's okay. Hey, hey. I can show nepotism. It's hey, okay. That's all right. <laughs> right. Like, you know, it is what it is. All right. We're going to ask one. I'm going to ask you one more thing. And we got we to gotta get you out of here. Okay. For your existence of what you've done. What's the main thing that you say about your trials and tribulations of what you did? Wow. Mm. Um, yeah, we got for everything that I've done. What is the trial and tribulation? Yeah. What, what 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 do you think you could label it as of your trials and tribulations of what you did? Like, if I was to put into a saying, it's one of my favorite sayings in the world. I would just right. say, "Don't panic." Mm. And the reason why I would say "Don't panic" is because I actually feel that people learn more in panic and failure than they do anything else. The problem is that's a scary statement to someone who doesn't want to exist in panic. I've failed at more things than I've done than I've succeeded as. I'm not going to tell you the things that I've felt at because I've already surpassed it and succeeded at it. Right. The one the one piece of advice that I continuously give people is don't take anybody's advice. Mm. There's not any equation or any. Thing I can tell you that will that I did that will work for you. We are two different people. We look alike. We look different. We dress alike. We dress different. We think different. There's nothing I can tell you that I did that's going to work for you. Right now, if you're a young up and coming entrepreneur, I could give you tidbits, but I don't listen to shit I say because mm. I'm different. I talk. Everything I do is different from you. So the reason why I say don't panic is because I, what I realize is when people see failure coming or when they, and they, 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 they feel that it's somewhere in the area, they panic. I, not, I, I don't look for failure, mm-hmm. but I don't panic when it, when it happens. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of ideas that I have that just doesn't work the way I want to, but I never panic. The same way I don't panic when I succeed, overly succeed, right? So... When we talk about earlier, when we talk about um, just to circle back, when we talk about who are the people that we've done clothes for, and I said it's easier to tell you who I haven't done clothes for. The reason why a lot of times I forget who we done clothes for. Once the job is done, I'm, I'm on to the next. And people need to think about failure the same way. Mm. You can fail, keep it moving. Right, right, right. Like, like um, one of my favorite um, motivational speakers, Eric Thomas says something so dope. He said, when people see Michael Jordan, what they see is success, but they, what they don't see is the hours he spent in the gym perfecting that one shot. Mm-hmm. Because what people can do, when the, the constrictions we have in life is, a basketball game is four quarters, but they can't determine how much you practice for those four quarters. That's what makes people successful. And that's why some people are always going to be more successful than others. Is because I'm always going to practice more than my counterparts. Mm. I'm always going to do more research. I'm always going to surround myself with people that, that don't allow me to fail. Facts. So failure is inevitable. But the, the, the amount of failure, the amount of damage that failure does, you can control. You can't control failure, but you can control the amount of that, the damage of that amount. And that's what people don't understand. I'm never going to make every shot, but what I can do is go into the gym and practice that shot a million times. Mm-hmm. So when it's time for game time, time for crunch time, maybe I can make that shot. And that's what people don't understand. That's why I always tell people, don't panic. Be like, you got to figure this shit out. Woo! My creatives. <laughs> Yo, man. Oh. We, oh, man. Dude. Dude, I got I to gotta give you the pound. <laughs> oh, my brother. Thank you. Yo, yes, yes. my creators, this is episode 116, right, Wade? 116? 116 nice, nice. of Cuts, Culture, Urban Technology, and Sports. We here, we are finished speaking with yes. Kells Barnett. Kells right now, look into the camera. Let everybody know what we should know where to follow. Let everybody know where to follow you at, sir. Um, well, you can follow me at Kells Mania um, Instagram. My suggestion to creatives is buy a domain name, Connect the domain name to your link tree. My website is kelsmania.com, so I don't have to walk to you in the streets and say my link my link tree. No, it's kelsmania.com, and it's K-E-L-L-S-M-A-N-I-A. That way you go there. It is like a link tree, but it's connected to me. It is personal to me. Whatever your at name is on Instagram, please buy that domain name and make that your domain name. 
Yo, like I said, this is episode 116 of Cuts. You know what the Cuts stand for? Culture, Urban Technology, and Sports. Yeah, As sure. always, you can follow me on Instagram at RemoMarack underscore. Go to Twitter at RemoMarack. Go to the website, RemoMarack.com. If you want to be a guest here on this podcast, Cuts Podcast One at gmail.com as well as as well as go download the clash tv app and also weeknights at 9 p.m on dj chase radio ah my crazy you know how we gonna end this yo you know the hashtag is ptc that's pound that chest come on <laughs> man you know what i'm gonna do here we've got the two hands over the shades after that it's the two up that's peace. We out of here. Yes. Hey, my creators, what's going on, man? You know what it is, man. This is Neighborhood Ruger Sprayer, Remo Marac. Nonetheless, man, you just listened to another episode of Cuts. You know what the Cuts stand for? Culture, Urban, Technology, and Sports. Nonetheless, my creators, if you want more, if you want more episodes, if you want to give feedback, hey, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, hit the email cutspodcast1 at gmail.com, as well as the Instagram. Hit the Instagram up at c.u.t.s double underscore. Hey, even if you want to get on my personal Instagram, you know what it is, man. Hit me up at Remo Marac underscore on Instagram as well as on Twitter at Remo Marac. Also, too, if you want to go to my website, hit my website up, RemoMarac.com. And also, too, music creatives. You want to send me your music? Send me your music. I'll give you a great feedback. Also, on Groover.com. You know what's up. You know what it is. The hashtag PTC, that's pounding that chest. Come on, man. Let's get it. Let's go.